0: Howdy, Riffers! Welcome to another episode of the Riffs or Die podcast. This is episode number 44 for August 4th, 2021. I hope this message finds you doing well and thriving. I'd like to give a big shout out to Sam Witzel, or Witzel, not sure which way to say it, but Sam Thanks a lot for your generous support of the podcast. Sam signed up as a patron on Patreon. If you want to follow in Sam's footsteps, you can go to patreon.com slash die and have your name shouted out loud on the show. If you sign up there, you'll have access to the monthly Zoom hangouts and also get discounts at riffsordie.com. Don't forget, you can always send me an email podcast at riffsordie.com and I haven't been reading those for the last few episodes but sooner or later sometime in the near future I will be getting to a lot of those emails and answering some questions and comments from you guys Recently there's been a lot more back and forth interview type podcasts that are not just me solo so instead of reading the emails I've been jumping right into these podcast interviews This one is going to be no different. We've got a great, great interview for you guys. I think you guys are going to love what this guy has to say. Later on, you'll hear my chat with Mr. Andy Thomas from the band Black Crown Initiate. If you've never heard them and you're into Opeth and more progressive metal, you got to go check them out. It's kind of proggy death metal. Very heavy and complex, but still melodic and beautiful in many parts. Anyway, I know that we talk about this a lot on this show, and some of you guys might be saying, oh man, here we go, we're going to talk about freedom and liberty again? Oh, come on, man. Well, hate to break it to you folks, but it's just the future of humanity that's at stake here, so I can't act like it's not a big deal. We're literally getting to the point where we have the option of going down the road of freedom and liberty, or go down the road of slavery and tyranny and oppression. It's a big talking point on this show because it's kind of important. It's not only going to affect us, and it's encroaching on our liberties on a daily basis in our everyday life, but it's going to affect all future generations if we don't start turning this ship around It's the most important thing happening in the world right now. So, sorry, not sorry. We're going to talk about that again. And I really think you're going to love what Andy Thomas had to say about some of this stuff. That being said, a flame was relit in me. Recently watched V for Vendetta. I'd only ever seen it once before, so this is my second time watching V for Vendetta. And it was creepy how similar some of the plot points in that movie that story are to what's happening today in that movie you've got quarantined society everyone needs to be showing their papers and not allowed to go outside of their house everyone's under lockdown there's experimental injections complete totalitarian dictatorship with the removal of the truth that you find in media Everything is filtered through the talking points of the government, and any dissent is silenced. Really similar to what we have going on today, but man, if you like action movies or sci-fi movies or just a good story, you have to check that movie out. I know it's a graphic novel, but I've never read the graphic novel. I've never even seen a page of it, but from what I understand, the graphic novel is excellent as well. But the movie was made by the same brothers that made the Matrix trilogy, who I found out recently are no longer brothers, they're sisters. Both of them, the Wachowski brothers, or sisters, have uh, transitioned to become women. I don't know exactly what to make of that, but interesting little factoid there for you. V for Vendetta. Amazing film. Check it out. And when you see it with COVID eyes... It's even more relevant. I'm sure a lot of people have seen the news that New York City is heading in the direction of a world similar to 1984 or V for Vendetta. In New York City, you now need to show your papers. Doesn't that sound familiar? You will need to show your papers to go into any restaurants, bars, event venues, gyms, etc. They're setting it up right now, to where you have no choice. Zero choice. We'll see what plays out there in New York, but bad news. In the capital of my home state, Colorado, the city of Denver has also issued some absolutely insane new mandates. The mayor of Denver said that by September 30th, all 10,000 members of Denver's municipal workforce, including police officers, sheriffs, deputies, and firefighters, as well as employees at so-called congregate care facilities such as senior centers, homeless shelters, hospitals, and jails, have to get jabbed or they lose their job. This also extends to all teachers and staffers at schools in Denver proper, whether private public, or post-secondary. They must be inoculated, and that includes ancillary service providers like janitorial crews contracted to clean educational institutions. This article in The Westward, which is a free Denver newspaper, says final doses must be received by September 15th, and after September 30th, unvaccinated individuals who fall under the mandate won't be allowed to work on-site or in the field. So it's here, folks. Mandatory jabs. It is here. It's not in other countries. If you're in the U.S., it is here, my friends. I'll be paying very close attention to how this is all going to play out. It's funny to me that the same people that would argue that we need to show our papers and divulge our medical records to be able to work and participate in society are the same people arguing that you don't need to show an ID to vote for who makes the rules for everybody. Showing documentation that you're allowed to vote is evil and bad, but showing documentation to allow you to go get a cheeseburger is good. Doublethink is a hell of a drug. On a related note, I did get some really exciting, great news that just came out of Canada. Apparently, Alberta, Canada has removed all mask restrictions. They've removed all the lockdowns, everything. It's over. This all came about because there was a citizen who went to court to fight this stuff, and he actually subpoenaed his accusers that didn't show up, and then he asked the federal... Canadian health and science organizations for evidence for concrete proof that the SARS-CoV-2 virus has been isolated in a laboratory. He requested that they show unequivocal evidence that the SARS-CoV-2 virus has been isolated and is a real thing. Check this out. The federal health organizations said uh, we can't provide that evidence. So they kind of threw his whole case out of court. And now that entire province in Canada is open. This is huge. If this same logic can be applied across the board all over the world, this thing ends. I mean, we've lived with the flu for how long? It comes and it goes. Some people get lost along the way. That's going to happen. And it's seeming more and more like with the Rona, we just need to learn how to live with it. But instead, there are places like New York City and Denver that are saying, no, you have no choice. You have to get this experimental medical treatment or be banned from civilized society. We're being presented a very clear choice. Which way do we want to lean? More toward freedom or more toward oppression? For me, the answer is very simple. And I think for a lot of people listening to this, the answer seems pretty simple as well. All of that coming off the heels of news that is incontestable now. It was long reported by independent media, but now even mainstream sources are reporting this. That vaccinated people carry and are able to spread COVID just as much as unvaccinated people. So that whole narrative that it's the unvaccinated are the reason that we still have COVID around is completely out the window. That argument is done. It has been obliterated with the data. And the other thing that I was shocked and pleased to read in mainstream media this week is that they're finally admitting that these mutations where the virus is evolving and becoming more virulent and more contagious Now it's mainstream for them to admit that those mutations are happening in vaccinated people. The mutations are happening most likely in vaccinated people, not in the unvaccinated. So there's two huge talking points that the pro-jab agenda has been clinging to that are now completely out the window in the garbage. Goodbye. I'm genuinely elated that this news is finally becoming mainstream. The truth is starting to come out. The whole narrative is collapsing, and I love it. It's a beautiful thing. I had a really strange experience the other day. I was walking into our condo building, and before I hit the gate door, there was a bird on the ground lying on its back with its legs in the air, and it was still blinking And I took a good look at it, and I really felt like the bird was trying to tell me, like, dude, I'm fucked up. Please help me. So I went upstairs, and I grabbed some rubber gloves, and I came back down and found the bird and at least got him out of the sunlight and put him into the shade. And I uh, filled up a dish with some clean water and and tried to hold the bird in, in my hand and get him to drink. He did take a couple of sips, but then his head started falling Like the weight of his head was too much for his neck to hold up. So his head fell and he lifted it up very slowly. And then his head fell one more time and he wouldn't put his head back up. I tried to, you know, kind of pet his head to see if he would react at all. He, she, I'm not sure, but the bird. And it was all but maybe 30 seconds later, I could literally feel the blood stop pumping through the animal and I could feel its heart stop. So the other day, I had this odd interaction with this creature where it was helpless and dying right in front of me, and I tried to help it, and I just straight up could not. I did everything I could, but it, it wasn't enough. I don't know how old the bird was. Maybe it ran into a window. Maybe it was attacked by something. Maybe it got hit by a car. Maybe it was diseased. I, I don't know. But it was a really eerie experience. And uh, part of me felt like that was some sort of an omen. You know, it was a dove of some kind. It it was a, a pigeon that is all over the place here in Hawaii that has kind of a blue head with gray wings, gray and white feathers. And it gave me a very somber and sobering feeling. You know, life is very precious and obviously we're all going to go sometime. So in the meantime, I feel like especially for one another as as human beings, we should be trying to lift each other up and make sure that we're all successful. Cuz sometimes life is very hard, but it's a hell of a lot easier when you have help and people are supporting each other. So, like I said, I felt like that was a an odd omen. Perhaps. I'm not very superstitious, but it, it was definitely a, a strange experience. On a much, much lighter note, something that is completely positive. The other day I watched a documentary that I've been wanting to see for a couple of years now, but it's finally out on Netflix, and I'm highly suggesting that all of you guys go check it out. It's called Fantastic Fungi or fungi, as Paul Stamets would say. The movie largely revolves around interviews with Paul Stamets, who is a mycologist and a mushroom fungus expert. He's been on Joe Rogan a couple times. He's a super cool guy. He's really brilliant. Legitimate genius, in my opinion. And this dude has figured out how to save the bees. He's figured out how to do all kinds of things that are good for humanity just by simply harnessing The Power of Mushrooms and Fungus. It's a brilliant documentary that has amazing footage in it, and the concepts that are discussed in the movie are so ground-shaking, are so important, not only to advance science, but for the betterment of all mankind. I think everybody should check this documentary out because... It shows that undeniably, mushrooms can be used to better our situation here on this planet in so many innumerable ways, and there's still more to be discovered. Fantastic Fungi, or Fantastic Fungi, check it out. It's on Netflix, and that's going to be my recommendation for the week here. Instead of music, I'm going to suggest you guys go watch Fantastic Fungi. And if you're in the mood for some fiction that's almost like nonfiction. you can check out V for Vendetta. But I can't say enough good things about Fantastic Fungi. A lot of the information that's shared in that movie, I was already aware of, but I also learned a lot of new things from it. And there's so much information in there that is crucial to people's understanding of the positives of all kinds of mushrooms and fungus. Not only the ones that are found in grocery stores and found in supplements and stuff like that, but also magic mushrooms. There is a lot of evidence that shows magic mushrooms can change the world because of all of the positive impacts they can have on the brain. They can literally repair your brain. They can repair broken synapses in your brain. It's called neurogenesis. And if you listen to the Havoc album V, our last record, The song Interface with the Infinite is written about mycology or fungus. Wink, wink. So if you didn't know, now you know. All right, let's get into this thing. I am so proud of this guy for coming to me and being willing to speak out like this. Because he, like so many people that are on the right track with this stuff, has been kind of in the shadows and not being very vocal. I'm super proud of him and I commend him for being willing to come on to the Riffs or Die podcast and express his feelings very openly and bluntly with no fear. In this interview, we talk about truth. We talk about freedom. These are the eternal, noble causes to fight for. And I commend his bravery for being willing to speak out now, because right now we really need it. And a lot of people are scared to come out and vocalize their opinions and thoughts on what's happening today in the COVIDian empire. I think you're going to love what he has to say. And make sure you listen until the end. He drops some wisdom at the very end that is one of the wisest things that anyone has ever said on this podcast. So let's dive in. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Andy Thomas. Well, first off, thanks for jumping on the Riffs or Die podcast. Well, thank you for having me, David. Yes. I had to ask you, first and foremost, Black Crown Initiate has a super eclectic sound. Yeah. What are some of the band's, like, big influences? Because I'm having a hard time pinning it down.
1: (laughs) Uh, There's a lot. I mean... Primarily early Metallica and Black Sabbath and shit like that. That's where I started, really, and Pantera. But like later on, I guess, um, bands like Opeth and Meshuggah, Gojira.
0: I can definitely hear the Opeth influence. That's the one we
1: get the most. But I mean, I I don't take that as a bad thing because when Blackwater Park came out, I bought it the day it came out. And I don't think I listened to anything else for like a year. Whoa. So <laughs> <laughs> so like it's it's definitely there, you know?
0: <laughs> it's not a bad thing.
1: No, but I mean I like all kinds of shit. I like, you know, old Pink Floyd and King Crimson, shit like that. Old Prague. I like Peter Gabriel a lot. I like uh Yes. Yeah, yes was great. More more modern stuff, I guess like I, I like Seeger Rose a lot. I like Radiohead. All across the board, man.
0: What's your favorite genre of music that is not rock-based?
1: Ooh, that's not rock-based. I guess it would have to be... I mean, I don't know if I don't know if I listen to, like, whole genres that aren't rock-based, but I listen to also, you know, Philip Glass, which I guess would be, like, contemporary classical-type shit. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of old jazz that I like, but I, I can't say I listen to it much anymore. I, I kind of more so did when I was like learning about it in college, but I do like John Coltrane and Miles Davis. And, but really, if I'm being honest, I have a hard time listening to music that isn't guitar-based.:
0: Ah, interesting. Yeah,
1: I just love I, I, I love the guitar.:
0: Yeah, of course. I think everybody that's listening to this probably loves the guitar. I hope so. (laughs) So you guys have a tour coming up in October, right? Yeah, September, October.
1: Yeah, it's just like a short U.S. uh, East Coast and um, Midwest type thing. I guess we're going to play Texas for a few days. It's within Fairy and archaic, so that should be fun to go out and play again.
0: Hell yeah. When was the last time you guys played? Holy shit. The last time... Oh my God. Yeah. It was another lifetime ago. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I, I did like a local show recently with some friends because I sang on their album and I I just sang with them live. That was like maybe a month ago. Uh, Cool. So I did that. But like my last fuck man, my last black crown show. Well, it would have, yeah, I guess it would have had to have been October of 2019. I think it was in Europe. We did Europe with rivers of Nile. And I think that was that was all she wrote.
0: Yeah, that's a good pairing. Their yeah. their drummer is a good buddy of mine, Jared.
1: Jared, I love Jared.
0: <laughs> yeah, Jared's great.
1: <laughs> yeah, his brother's Toby too, right?
0: <clears throat> yeah, Toby Swope is his brother.
1: Yeah, Toby's cool. Yeah, but he's uh, well, he's in a band with Jeff.
0: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, Toby plays in Psychosomatic, and Toby's a shredding drummer as well, and also rips on guitar.
1: Yeah, he's one of those guys.
0: One of those guys.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't like those guys. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, those guys are uh, on another planet. When was the last time you played a show? We played in 2020, but it was January. We played the 70,000 Tons of Metal Cruise.
1: That was like right towards the end because Wes Houck, who used to play in our band, he did that with, uh, he played with Devin Townsend on that.
0: Yeah, I saw him play with Devin.
1: Yeah, and um, that was right before everything <coughs> <laughs> shut down.
0: Yes, sir. And now we're living in this crazy, crazy <laughs> world.
1: But I, yeah, but the curve is flattened now. I think, right? The
0: the curve is flattened. Um, uh, yeah. I saw a really interesting article the other day. It's the places that have the highest jab rates have the biggest COVID spikes right now. So, really, yeah. I, I don't. <laughs> I, I'm not exactly <laughs> sure what to make of that, but people can take that info and do what they will.
1: I mean, I'm fairly certain that if the majority of people read that, they would, uh, utterly disregard it.
0: Sure. Yeah. There seems (laughs) to be a lot of, a a lot (laughs) of that happening. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's wild. I read an article yesterday actually about how the most vaccine hesitant demographic are African Americans.
0: Naturally. Tuskegee and, experiments.
1: Oh, right, right. If, yes. But it's been turned into like, if you don't want the vaccine, you're a drooling racist hick. You know, but that's not statistically, if you look at what's actually going on, that's not it at all.
0: Sure. So I thought that was pretty interesting. Or, or maybe it's um, people of African descent who identify as drooling racist hicks. <laughs> right, right. Yeah.
1: Well, that, that could be for sure. I mean, you can identify as whatever you want.
0: Yeah, I identify as vaccinated actually.
1: Yeah, I identify as a free human being.
0: <laughs> That's a good way to identify yourself. Uh, yeah, you know, yeah, not a lot of people identifying like that these days.
1: No, no, you got to have everything laid out for you. You got to have all your choices made for you and uh, you know, as long as you're safe, then you're good.
0: Yeah, it, it's astounding to me how many people are prioritizing the illusion of safety over their civil rights, or liberty, or freedom, or autonomy. Sure. Today. Sure. I mean that that's really um, it's
1: insane when you think about it because like you literally are born and from that moment you're dying, and every heartbeat is one less that you get.
0: Sure, you're never completely safe.
1: Yeah, and we've literally like you said, the illusion of safety, we have literally wasted collectively almost two years of our lives. And it's still going.
0: Yeah, still going strong. And, you know, some parts of the world it's better than others. Some parts it's worse than others. But yeah, I, I think we're fairly lucky here in the U.S. because I see what's happening in some other countries around the world. And it's way gnarlier yeah. than it is here.
1: It's hard to keep up. Like, where, where are you specifically referring to?
0: Uh, I mean, in France right now, there are people protesting by the hundreds of thousands in the streets, which is not on the mainstream media here in the U.S., by the way. They don't want anyone to get any ideas. But the French government has already said that starting next month, they're going to start doing vaccine passports. If you can't prove vaccination, you're not allowed into restaurants, bars, sporting events, Mm. concerts. Uh, You're not allowed on planes, trains. I think you're still allowed in your own automobile, but. F- <laughs> for, for now. Yeah, for now. But they're starting <laughs> yeah. that next month, and people are protesting by the hundreds of thousands in the streets in France, and the media in the US isn't covering it. Big, no. Big shocker. Yeah. And, and I've got a friend who lives out there who is telling me that the French government is currently talking about mandatory vaccinations for everybody in October.
1: That would be a dystopian nightmare. I mean,. I kind of foresee that being the next thing because they keep using these, you know, they use all the buzzwords always. And then the new thing that I keep hearing repeated is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. I think that'll probably be the next thing is lockdowns and repeat of all that shit, but it'll be blamed solely on the people who don't want to get vaccinated. And then you'll have a complete societal rift. I hope not. But, you know, that's that's kind of what it looks like.
0: Yeah, the narrative seems to be shaping up in that direction. Now, there was something I talked about on my last podcast episode that um, was pretty shocking. It was the Minister of Health or somebody way high up at the government in the UK. And in England, they were saying that 40% of COVID hospitalizations are people that are vaccinated. Mm. Now, if the Mm -hmm. vaccines were super effective at reducing symptoms and keeping you out of the hospital... When you catch COVID, which is what they say, um, I would expect that number to be like, you know, 5% of the people hospitalized for COVID are vaccinated or 10%, but 40 Yeah, that's nearly half. So (laughs) it's it's a sizable amount. Yeah. So the notion that the vaccine is going to make everything safe and, you know, get us to return back to normal to me seems highly unlikely. Yeah. I actually spoke with somebody who's in Israel and lives there who's vaccinated and the majority of their population is vaccinated and they're seeing a huge uptick in COVID cases, even though most people Mm. are vaccinated. And like I said, the most vaccinated places in the world are seeing the same thing. So it's kind of working the opposite of the way they said it was going to, but I asked the dude, what's the next thing if COVID keeps happening and you guys are all jabbed up, then like, what's the next plan of attack there? And he said to get more shots, just get a third one, and then uh-huh. it'll be a fourth one and a fifth one. <laughs> and you just get this every month forever. Right. It doesn't work, but just keep doing it. Well,
1: I mean, for a couple things. There, it's like one. Um, I just I've felt this way for a long time, and I know you have too, and, and I think more people do than probably talk about. But like, big pharma has been slowly killing us, slowly murdering the human population (laughs) for decades. I mean, if not more. Mm -hmm. So the whole notion of like, now this thing that they're putting out, these vaccines, whichever one you want to fucking talk about, they're all, all the companies that put them out are like arch criminals and liars at best.
0: Yeah, that's being nice.
1: Yeah. So like the notion that now our best interest is in mind, uh, is again, at best laughable, uh, tragic to think that people buy that. I mean, I've had people tell me recently, people that I'm close to, like, just get the vaccine. It's a hundred percent effective. It's fine. It's a hundred percent safe, hundred percent effective. Just get it, get it. We you want concerts to come back, just get it. And that's what you keep hearing, especially in music you want concerts to come back you want concerts to come back well yeah i mean uh, of course we do but like th- anyone who would tell you that that's just percent safe, put it in your body trust the science like uh, that's that's uh that's morbidly presumptuous if you want to frame it optimistically but like uh very 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 stupid
0: yeah i completely agree And a lot of people, especially in the music world, ran and got it immediately before anyone was even saying this is going to be required for concerts to happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They were acting as if that was the narrative that was out there and everybody knew it that you need to get jabbed if you want to ever go to a concert again. Nobody ever said that, but people (laughs) interpreted the news and the fear campaign with that angle. It was really interesting to see.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's also interesting to think about the fact that – I don't know if there's a way to put it delicately, but the fact that after everything that's happened over the past two years, or however long this nightmare has lasted, mm-hmm. uh, the whole agenda has been going on way longer than two years. But I mean, the fact that there are people that just are concerned with getting live concerts back, that's what you're worried about? After all this, like, I, I don't know if you can relate, because I mean, obviously you're in a kick-ass band and you obviously care about that. But the ability to get our concerts back, that feels really small compared to what actually could be going on.
0: I could not agree more. Yeah. Obviously it's something that I want to come back way sooner than later. Something I don't ever want to disappear, but No. What what's at hand is <laughs> Much bigger than concerts and live events,
1: yeah, I was talking to a friend this morning, actually, and you know he's in a pretty established band as well, and he was just talking about how it feels like there's there's just a lot of pressure it's like well, it's if you don't get vaccinated, then you're the reason this isn't coming back or whatever and I kind of made a comment that was like, you know what really kills a music scene quicker than most shit. It's totalitarianism, <laughs> like, like, like It's not. Hurry up and get your vaccine so we can go and and have a normal life back. If you think logically for about ten seconds, that's not where you go.
0: Sure. And um,
1: you know, that being said, if you want to get the vaccine, I don't care. I don't give a fuck.
0: No, to each their own. Freedom of choice.
1: Yeah, it's it's just really wild because it's it's like I said, it feels. So much bigger than, like, can I go play Gas Monkey Live in Dallas, Texas? <laughs> it's just, like, not, that's just the first venue that popped into my head. but like,
0: it's a good venue, by the way. Good food, too.
1: One time, dude, one time it snowed there, and we were on tour with Napalm Death and Voivod. Mm-hmm. And um, it snowed, and, like, you've played that venue. You know that, I mean, I don't remember. It's It's got to be at least a 1,500-cap venue. Yeah. There were seven people there.
0: Whoa. And was it the outside one? No, inside. Oh, the inside one.
1: Yeah. It snowed. So, like, literally nobody came to the show. And, like, that tour was well attended. You know, it was Napalm Death and Voivod. And, um, but yeah, we played that venue to, to seven
0: people. It was wild. Holy hell. Yeah. A minute ago, you said something very interesting to me. You said sure. that, you know, the big thing that deters concerts from happening and, and all kinds of other things from happening is totalitarianism. And yeah. case in point, for anyone that disagrees with that, please name your favorite band from China.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, Dude, like, I mean so the thing about it is like music and art and stuff, it always finds a way, right? People are resilient and people are intelligent and people have these things in their hearts that they don't want to give up. Sure. Or that they can't or that they can't give up. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are killer bands in China. Like, look at Um Ronstein, for example. Mm-hmm. They started in uh, Soviet Berlin, I guess. I don't know if it was literal, but, but Soviet, Soviet Germany. And, you know, they talk about the beginning of their career where, like, you c- couldn't get fucking instruments. You didn't have places to play. Like, it was just, it was completely underground. Right. And, like, quality art of any kind is based on generally like free exchange of thought and information. You can't have any type of discourse in a society where you're not allowed to talk about one half of the possibilities that exist.
0: Sure. And
1: that's what's happening. Talk about
0: an echo chamber.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what's happening. I mean, and you have these people, it's really interesting. You have these people that think they're revolutionaries who have the backing of big tech, the backing of, Hollywood, the backing of the educational institutions, the backing of the Chinese government, the backing of whatever. And they think that because they're sanctioned to say the things that they're saying the loudest, they're some type of revolutionary. It's really insane.
0: (laughs) Yeah. A few different people came to mind when you were saying that. But uh, if you don't want to say specifics, you don't have to, but... Can you name me any specifics? Of of
1: specifics of, of whom?
0: Uh, of people that you're talking about that are backed by this, that, and the other guy.
1: Yeah, you could name tons of specifics.
0: But like anyone who
1: basically, if you're allowed to say what you're saying on Facebook, if you're allowed to say what you're saying on Instagram, if you're allowed to say what you're saying anywhere publicly, and you aren't crucified for it in some way, Then you have the backing of the state. And I hate to break it to you, but you aren't fucking revolutionary.
0: Right. The crown approves.
1: That's it. That's it. So, I mean, there's tons of them, basically. I mean, it's weird how much has changed over the past two years for me and the way I, you know, think. I guess, maybe not. But, I mean, it's just, like, all these, like, uh, rock and rollers that are mouthpieces for societal change or whatever, which they're really not. It's it's just really wild to think that, you know, when you were younger, you thought like Rage Against the Machine, for example, were really like a band that was more than a band, you know, people that you needed to like listen to. Sure. To really have your hand on or your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the world. Mm-hmm. And it just turns out that that's not true at all.
0: I saw this great meme the other day, speaking of Rage. It, it had a picture of Zach De la Rocha on the top, and it had a picture of like the short hair glasses like screaming fanatical um, leftist on the bottom yeah and on the top it said liberals in the 1990s fuck you i won't do what you tell me Li- <laughs> yeah. liberals in the 2020s fuck you do what they tell you dude literally <laughs> literally
1: <laughs> it's funny i was having this conversation with another one of my buddies who is in an established band and who is who's is a killer killer player and musician and whatnot. And we were, you know, just kind of saying like, man, so like you and I, obviously we grew up playing heavy metal. And um, I always thought that that was like a haven for people who thought freely.
0: Yeah, same, same.
1: And like who didn't almost by default, if an authority figure told them what to do, they didn't do it. That's how I've always been. It's funny because like, if the elites or whatever you want to call them are looking at subcultures of music and kind of gauging what needs to be done to get people to obey, Mm -hmm. they are most certainly looking at heavy metal listeners Mm -hmm. and musicians. They're going, man, we don't have to do shit for these guys. We're good. They'll do whatever you tell them. They'll buy whatever you're selling them, and uh, they'll keep themselves in
0: line. It's really shocking. Yeah. Yeah, it, it totally is, dude. It's, it's the music of uh, rebellion and and being outspoken against corruption and kind of thinking outside of the box and and not falling in line and and here we are and I see hardly anybody in the metal world speaking out against this stuff. No. Most people are just falling right in line with with the narrative. Even punk rockers, you know, I see yeah. um, Jello Biafra and No Effects and. And all these bands mm. that are super outspoken against corruption and, and government overreach and you know, fuck you, we're punk rock, we do what we want. Anarchy. Yeah. And and they're like, no, everybody, listen to the government, listen to the government scientists and everybody do what <laughs> and, the government tells you because that's real punk rock.
1: And listen to the fucking Biden administration, no less. Like you have <laughs> like you have you have such a laundry list of criminality in that administration for decades, Mm -hmm. for decades, you have, you know, you have all the, all the people that are, Oh, we got Biden in office. Now things are going to get better. That motherfucker wrote the 1994 crime bill that built the prison industrial complex that puts all the African Americans in jail. Right. Well, and you got Kamala Harris who let Innocent people get executed, buried evidence, so she could keep her fucking track record clean. These are the people running the country. And again, you want us to go, oh, yeah, uh, they, yeah, okay. Well, th- th- they got our best interest in mind for
0: sure. Of course. For sure. <laughs> Man. Isn't that the job of government is to be the shepherd for people? No, f-
1: yeah. I mean, that's for sure. Wink, it's, wink. It's...
0: Big, big sarcasm coming from this. Yo, side.
1: I, I I'm I'm picking up what you're laying down, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 really interesting, man. There's uh, whew. and 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 I, and I you know back to the whole like people wanting shows to come back and and all that. Like I said, I get it, I totally get it. But you got to consider the cost of just just going like, yeah, I'll do whatever you want. Just just give me my life back. There's a huge cost to that. And I I, I don't really see a lot of people. I think more people than like social media would let on contemplate that type of thing. But it's hard to gauge how many, you know, it's hard to gauge how many people are actually using their, their thinking caps.
0: Sure. Yeah. A lot of people that are on the more liberty minded side are not being very vocal. And I find that surprising, like I said, especially in the rock and metal world you know, we play this kind of music that's supposed to be anti-establishment and rebellious and everyone's just, <laughs> yes sir, no sir.
1: It's like, a, you know, you and I had had conversations before about this and and I was definitely one of those guys who like, just kind of kept quiet and stayed out of it. Me too. Yeah, I understand why people would do that. It's It's definitely like tough to Like, I don't know if you saw that, that, uh, what happened to the dude from Mumford and Sons recently?
0: No. What happened?
1: So he posted, do you know that guy, Andy Ngo, NGO? He's a guy who wrote a book about basically the dark roots of Antifa.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: So, and he's been like beaten by Antifa and he's had. That's right. He
0: was on Rogan, right?
1: Yes, he's had traumatic brain injuries from getting beaten by them and stuff. And So I think it's the banjo player from Mumford & Sons, he made a tweet about how he thought Andy No's book was a good book. Mm -hmm. And he just thought it was interesting, and he thought that Andy No was brave for putting it out. And then the next thing you know, the banjoist from Mumford & Sons, he put out a statement saying, well... I, I'm gonna step back and reevaluate my life decisions and it was like and, and, what? And, and it, and it, yeah yeah, and it was like, oh okay uh, I yeah, you're in trouble for saying that I guess. Um, but then the next thing a few months later, he put out a statement saying he was leaving Mumford and Sons because it wasn't going away and he was being attacked and his bandmates were being attacked and his bandmates didn't deserve it because they had nothing to do with him putting out that tweet and whatever else. So he ended up just leaving Mumford & Sons, which, you know, as you or I could relate, like I would imagine a significant portion of his adult life has been dedicated to working towards that. Sure. And um, he basically said like, hey, I like this guy's book. And things got so... Yeah, things got so bad for him that he can't have a music career anymore. And, and, you know, that's what I was getting at is like, I get why people just keep quiet about it. But at the same time, it's like the further we go into this stuff, you kind of see things getting more and more ridiculous. You kind of see things. I don't really foresee things getting too much better unless people start, one, realizing that the enemy isn't your fellow man common man. Right. That's not, it's not your enemy. And and unless certain people start going like, you guys don't think this is kind of ridiculous now or has been for a long fucking time. And then I think, you know, hopefully other people start to go like, yeah, I kind of do, but I didn't want to say it. Or maybe I didn't know how to say it or whatever. And then maybe we can start to get some work done because I think humanity, if humanity as a whole was just like, no, this isn't working for me. We're not doing this anymore. There wouldn't be a fucking thing these assholes in power could do.
0: No, 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 no. And, and that's why they keep the the French news off of the TV airwaves here. Because they sure. wouldn't want people getting any ideas now about for sure. their individual freedom being under attack.
1: Yeah, I mean, because that's been the whole name of the game the entire time is to like obfuscate that that's actually what's happening. Sure. It, it's been interesting for me because pretty shortly, like I think everybody kind of panicked when uh, COVID, when it started happening because nobody knew what the fuck was going on.
0: Naturally, yeah.
1: Yeah, and I think there my girlfriend kind of still makes fun of me for it because there were like four days at the very beginning where I would be like, we have to take showers when we get home and we have to make sure that everything's – like if you go out into public, you have to take a shower when you get in the house and sure. all this stuff. And, and then it was actually her – that, you know, after about four days of that was like, dude, is it possible that you're being fucking ridiculous? (laughs) You know? And, uh, and I was just like, yeah, I think so. And then when I started to like, look into it, it was like, oh wait, this is really just the same people that have been like trying to consolidate power on the planet for the past who knows how long. And that's really what it boils down to, I think.
0: Yeah. I mean, at the very beginning, we were getting images from China of people lying dead all over the streets and shit. Like, clearly faked images. Yeah. That was the first thing we saw. And naturally, that's fucking terrifying. And here Uh, we are a year and a half later, and I know a lot of people that have gotten covid and, I have I
1: just got over it,
0: yeah, I know a lot of people that have had it, and they're still here, you know they got sick yeah. and they got over it. Some people it was more severe than others, but they weren't dropping dead in the streets.
1: no, no, I mean, here's the thing, if you got what I had and you were like seventy or above you you might be in some trouble, but what's the difference between that and the flu? If your immune system is not good, then if you have an invader in your body you you could die,
0: yeah. That's always a risk. I mean, every yeah. time we leave the house, we're taking yep. a risk. You could get right. hit by a car. You could get stabbed to death. You could catch a deadly disease. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. a billion ways that you could go out. Yeah. Being afraid of the world is not a not a healthy <laughs> way to live.
1: No, it's not wise. It's a, it's a pretty big waste of time. Do you remember when, like, what was her name? That doctor, Dr. Judy Mitkovitz, Do you remember her? Yes. When she came out and was like, this was made in a lab with gain-of-function research in China. And I just remember being like, oh, that's interesting. And then she had her life ruined for it. And I remember I was back on – I was still using Facebook at the time, which I haven't used in like over a year, which was a great decision. But she came out with that, and everyone destroyed her. And it turns out that that's exactly what happened.
0: Yeah, they're no longer censoring posts about that. Because it's looking more and more likely that it got cooked up in a lab. Um, Well, that's another thing. Like, If a person can look at Anthony Fauci
1: and just do like a basic read on that guy, body language, eye contact, the things that you do when you see a person for the first time, whether you know it or not, if you look at Anthony Fauci and you trust that guy, then I have to question your ability to judge
0: a human being.
1: At all. Or, or maybe measure your own safety in a given environment.
0: That's a better way to put it, I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's because it's the dude is just like, he exudes, you're a liar.
0: Yeah. And, and I mean, he was the one that peddled the AIDS medication that killed more people than it saved back in the oh, 80s yeah. and 90s. Oh, yeah. yep. So let's have yep. that guy in charge of what happens now <laughs> with uh, the country's health situation.
1: Oh, well, I mean that's you know yeah, the health secretaries in this country
0: are doing a great job for sure, absolutely, yeah, we've never been healthier and more sane and more happy
1: no, no, i mean when when it's you know again when Covid started happening, what was the directive? It was stay inside, don't go around other people, uh don't challenge your immune system, don't get sunlight, don't breathe air, you <laughs>
0: it's unreal. Breathing oh, no. air is dangerous. That, sure is, buddy. That's why we have 3 breathing holes on the front of our head.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, I I I like breathing air. It's pretty good.
0: It's pretty good. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you you probably have some nice air over in Hawaii there.
0: Yeah, the air is uh very moist, but it's not super brutal like Louisiana or Florida.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, even Pennsylvania, where I'm from, is that way.
0: Yo, yeah the the whole East Coast is pretty muggy.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's actually, it's in Arizona right now. It's it's been it's been pretty muggy. It's I mean, it's 106 today. Um,
0: 106 degrees Fahrenheit. Correct. (laughs) Yeah, that's fucking hot.
1: How hot is it where you are?
0: Um, I don't know. Today it's probably like 80.
1: Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah, the the high normally here is like 85, maybe 90, rarely, but it's pretty moderate. The whole year round, too, whether it's summer or winter, the high is normally like 85, and the low is normally like 70. Just stays that way. That's cool. Yeah. It's really cool place to yeah. go um, in the wintertime or if you're in Arizona in the summertime.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Arizona in the summertime. I mean, it's been like – kind of mild, but it's also been unseasonably humid because, yeah, we actually have like a monsoon season, which for the past few years really didn't happen. Hmm. Yeah.
0: There's a lot of drought happening on the West Coast in the U.S. right now.
1: Our whole state was on fire about a month ago, pretty much. I mean, it was it was really bad. And I, I guess because of all this rain, it's getting better, thankfully.
0: Yeah. Glad to hear that. Yes, sir. So beyond the tour that you have coming up in September, October, are there any plans to do a new record or to go on any other tours?
1: So we have um, a European tour scheduled for November, again with Rivers of Nile and Mm -hmm.
0: Artspire and uh, Allegiant. Oh, wow.
1: A bunch of Um, sick
0: musicians on that bill.
1: Yeah, for sure. But I just... You know, I, I don't think anybody's going to Europe this year, to be honest. I mean I don't, I don't I
0: don't know. Judging by the news coming from France, it's not looking too good. <laughs> no, no. And not at all. and the UK as well. Uh I just saw Boris Johnson on the T V the other day. Um well, you know, on their TV, I yeah. guess. Uh I watched it on a computer, but Boris Johnson was talking about how very soon a COVID negative test will no longer be good enough to get into a music venue or a nightclub. You have to show proof of vaccination. And at the same time, their, their health people are saying that 40% of the people in hospital with COVID are vaccinated. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, personally, yeah. I would rather people show a negative COVID test <laughs> than, yeah, than show that they're vaccinated and uh, that's how they're changing the rules over there. So it's completely devoid of logic or, or reason, and it's completely not scientific to just say, okay, everybody in here is vaccinated, so we're good to go. But yeah. 40% of your hospital is filled with COVID people that are vaccinated. Like, So where are you making this big leap in your logic here?
1: It's upside down, and it's – this trust the science narrative has become the new religion. The thing about science, and the, the thing that like people are forgetting or maybe don't know, you know, I'm not a scholar, but I definitely learned the scientific method when I was growing up. And um, nothing is ever proven. It's just strong evidence to suggest something. Sure. And it's accepted as probable and at any point you have to be willing to accept that you were wrong and that's not what you know the whole like trust the science thing has just become this is what it is it's not going to change if you don't believe it you're wrong yeah. and uh
0: it's dogmatic it's yeah and, and, and it's, true science is always changing you know they it should be yeah people have to unlearn things that they thought were true when they're presented with new evidence
1: well, there isn't profit and control hedged on true science. You know, it's just, here's the way this looks like it works. Sure. And, and that may change, may not change, but it may, and it's allowed to.
0: It's allowed to, that's the big thing. It, it's, yeah. it's supposed to change if new evidence arises that changes um, the perceived reality of the situation. You're supposed to be changing what you previously thought if presented with new evidence that 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 is showing results can be different. You're supposed to change your thoughts. Science science is not supposed to be concrete and written in stone. Um, No, you know some things in science are counterintuitive.
1: Well, I hate to break it to these people, but like if it's written in stone and unshakable, then without proof, then it's religion.
0: Absolutely. That's that, yeah, that's you know?
1: dogma. Yeah, and, and you know, it's, I, it's it's just really weird, man. It's really, like I said earlier, I think there's more people that, that are, I don't want to use the term waking up, you know, but there's definitely people that are like, this is pretty weird, man. This is pretty fucked up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really interesting, too, that, you know, it's trust the science, Trust the scientists. The vaccines are safe and effective. And uh, to try to coax you into getting one, you're going to be entered into a lottery to win a million dollars if you get vaccinated. Or here's some free baseball tickets if you get vaccinated. Here's Here's a hamburger. Yeah, man. Like (laughs) free donuts, free hamburgers, free soda. Yeah. Enter the lottery. Free baseball tickets. I've never... I mean, obviously none of us have ever seen anything even close to like this in the past when no. it comes to, um, you know, uh, an experimental medical treatment being pushed on people straight up, like bribing people to do it. You know, I
1: conversation with yet another musician friend the other day and they were more on the side of getting vaccinated, which is fine. You know, I have friends that don't think like me. I know that's a crazy concept, <laughs> but, uh, They've said, well, you get you get vaccinated for measles, you get vaccinated for, for stuff like that.
0: Sure, of course. Well,
1: yeah, there's a large demographic of scientists and doctors that have said that, like, yeah, you do want to vaccinate against illness. But if you were to vaccinate against COVID, for example, now would not be the time to even do that, to have it be effective, like along the course of where we're at with COVID. Now, again, I'm not a doctor, obviously, but there's people that would argue that as well. And that may explain why you have fucking 40% of the people who are hospitalized with COVID right now are vaccinated.
0: Yeah, I watched a really interesting conversation between uh, a dude that helps – who has helped make a bunch of different vaccines, and he's a virologist. His name is Geert <laughs> Vandenbosch.
1: That's that's the guy I'm talking about. Yeah, to. he was on See the Dark too. Horse
0: podcast with Brett yes. Weinstein, who's an evolutionary yep. biologist, and this dude's straight up saying, like, <laughs> we started vaccinating people way too late. Like, if you want to vaccinate people for this, it should have happened before it blew out of proportion. But now you're, uh, you know, th- this is going to be no different than the flu. They're going to be constantly chasing the new version and trying to squash this new version. They're always going to be behind the newly evolved version of the virus. And uh, in that conversation, that dude straight up was like, the variant factories are going to be the people that got jabbed, not the unvaccinated people. Yeah, yeah. And this dude is not anti-vax whatsoever. He's super pro-vaccine. No, and and that's the thing. like Neither am I. You know, it's like yeah, uh, that that word like, gets thrown around way too much right now.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and didn't didn't uh didn't Weinstein get didn't he get deplatformed and shit?
0: Yeah, he got demonetized. All of his stuff on YouTube is no longer profitable for him.
1: <laughs> yeah, and like I mean, that doesn't hit people as suspect.
0: No, it's trust the scientists, but only these scientists. That scientist said something that I don't agree with and doesn't go along with the mainstream narrative, so don't trust that one, but these ones are good.
1: Well, if what he was saying was harmless to the narrative, would they would they demonetize him? Probably not. You know, even with guys like Alex Jones, you know, it's like, yeah, he's fucking, he says some crazy shit, but if he wasn't onto something, would they have removed him from everything? Probably not.
0: Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, I find that with the people that get, booted or deplatformed or whatever, instead of being on the side of, yeah, fuck him, he was saying something that goes against what we all agree with. Instead of that mentality, I have the mentality of, oh, let me look at what this person said because maybe there's a good reason that that person was silenced. Maybe there's something that they were saying that the powers that be don't want getting out. There's a notion
1: that it's no longer commonly accepted as important anymore, but it's known as free speech. And I love uh, that thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like the way free speech works, well, I actually, let me use like an analogy from when I was in college. I was in a World War II history class. So I have a degree in history. And um, the teacher asked a class of about 40 kids if any of them thought it was wrong that we dropped the atomic bombs on Japan. And out of those 40 kids, I was the only one that raised my hand. And the teacher said, why? And I said, because if you can justify that being done to someone else, ultimately you justify it being done to you. If you can justify someone else being censored, then ultimately, whether you like it or not, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, you are justifying you being censored further down the line. Absolutely. And that's it. And, and it seems that a lot of people don't see that.
0: Right. Yeah, and that's something I've talked about on this podcast many times. People need to really understand that if you're down for censorship, like that is that, that gun is going to be pointed in your direction later.
1: Yes. It comes around for everyone, and it devours everyone once you let it in. And we have let it in.
0: Yeah, there's, there's people like myself and yourself and, and many others that are fighting against it. But as we can see with the big tech platforms, we we may not be winning, at least right now.
1: Man, if you want to talk about David and Goliath, <laughs> not that you know, I'm huge on the Bible or anything, but if you want to like talk about what that story actually represents, you could look at the common people of the world versus big pharma, big tech, big anything. That's sure. what's going on. That's what's going on. And the thing about it is we can win. Absolutely. But it's, you know, we got to stop fighting each other, man.
0: Yep. Amen. I think that's a good place to leave this. We need to stop fighting each other. Absolutely. I have one question to ask you. I I gave you a little warning. I was going to ask you this question because it's loaded. Yeah. You could tell future generations one message. What would you want to tell them?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, be careful what you allow to happen in your lifetime, because ultimately it's going to be you that has to apologize to your children and your grandchildren and explain to them the world that you allowed them to inherit.
0: That is fucking beautiful. I love that. That's a great, great, great sentiment right there.
1: Awesome. Thought real hard on that.
0: One. <laughs> no, that, that's amazing. I, I love that. That's one of my favorite answers I've ever heard.
1: Awesome. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks a lot for getting into the weeds with me on this one. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks for dropping that wisdom bomb at the end. I'm definitely going to be promoting that. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah, dude. That's a wrap. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Riffs or Die podcast. Make sure to go check out Andy's band, Black Crown Initiate. They're going to be on tour soon, and you should go check them out if you get the chance. If you find yourself bored this week or this month, consider checking out those movies I suggested. Fantastic Fungi or Fantastic Fungi. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. And V for Vendetta. Very powerful, relevant movies. Both of them, even though one of them is fictional. Don't forget, you can write me an email at podcast at riffsordie.com. You can go to riffsordie.com and pick up some merch. Or if you want to support the podcast further, you can go to patreon.com slash die and become a subscriber. In the description for this episode, I'm going to link you guys to the video where the Canadian person is talking about how they won that court case against their own government. What this man has done completely changes everything. And if more places catch on to this and implement it, This whole nightmare could end tomorrow. So make sure to check the description of this episode and click on that link. I appreciate all you guys listening, especially if you made it this far. You are a champion of the universe. I appreciate your support. And even more than this platform, I appreciate you supporting freedom and independent responsibility and liberty for all. Take care of yourselves and each other, everybody. I will talk to you again very soon. Toodaloo!